Lord, I pray that we would indeed bring a wonderful offering to you. That whether we're singing or whether we're proclaiming the word, whether we're listening, whether we're praying, whatever we're doing, Lord, that it's all to your glory. It's all to the praise of your name. And Lord, as we come to this Acts 2 text, it's one that many of us have probably heard many times. I pray that we might hear something new for this year, something that, that might stir us to more fully be the church of Jesus Christ in this new year. Lord, uh, we just want to serve and worship you. We want to be the church you've called us to be. So Lord, come and send your spirit in this time and speak to us during the reading and the proclamation of your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> I'm reading Acts chapter 2, verses 42 uh, to 47, titled this, The Marks of the Church, or The Marks of a Healthy Church. And they, that is the, the 3,000 that were saved on the day of Pentecost, plus the others who already knew Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Well, thanks be to God for his holy word. <clears throat> Have you paused lately or any time for that matter to ask, what makes for a healthy church? I mean, we likely have personal opinions on that, but I want us to go today to the Word of God and, and to see what the Bible says uh, about that. And, and the text we have before us today is the earliest records we have of the church. Acts 2 is the story, really, of the church's beginnings. So I think that's the place you and I should start. The, the first mark of the church is found by asking who were these in verse 42 who devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers and so forth. Well, remember, Peter stood up on the, to preach on the day of Pentecost. And when he finished preaching, the people asked Peter in Acts 2 verse 37, what shall we do? And Peter replied in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 then tells us that 3,000 people responded and they were baptized and they were added to their number that very day. So a healthy church's members are going to be people who are saved. It seems obvious, I know, but, but there are people in almost every church who've never trusted really in Christ. And please don't misunderstand me. We, we want non-believers to come. We want folks to come and to hear the gospel. We welcome everyone's participation in, in singing hymns and our prayers. We want people to come witness the members' corporate love and fellowship and devotion to Christ. All are welcome 
in our worship services. But membership is for those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's why our essentials of the faith say that the true church is composed of all persons who through saving faith in Jesus Christ and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit are united together in the body of Christ. The members of a, of a healthy church have devoted themselves to Christ. At some level, that should call all of us to a deeper devotion in this coming year, that, that we're, as members of the church, we're called to be a people devoted to Christ. And before we get to specific disciplines that mark the church, please don't miss a crucial point of Acts 2, verse 38. It says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Born again, regenerated believers receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you and I aren't seeking to live by our might, but the might of of the Holy Spirit. We're not seeking to live in accordance with our will, but in accordance with the will of the Holy Spirit. A healthy church is going to be a place where the Holy Spirit reigns. And we're going to see that where the Holy Spirit reigns, there's going to be a radical reorientation of our relationships. Ken Hughes writes, where the Holy Spirit reigns, believers relate to the Word. That is the apostles' teaching, as we'll see listed in our text. Where the Holy Spirit reigns, believers relate to each other. They have fellowship. Where the Holy Spirit reigns, believers relate to God. We worship. We break bread together and we pray together. Where the Holy Spirit reigns, believers relate to the world. We go out and we share the gospel. As we move through this text, please understand that you and I cannot generate the marks of the church on our own. We have a responsibility to be sure, but we must ask the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us and to work through us. We must rely upon the work of the Holy Spirit in, in our personal lives and in the life of the church. So a healthy church to begin with is going to be one in which we've been convicted by the Holy Spirit, we've been born again, and then we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Another mark of a healthy church is that we're going to be devoted to biblical teaching and preaching. Verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And what were they teaching? Well, I think it's accurate to say they were teaching what Jesus was teaching. And Jesus taught and interpreted the Old Testament and explained how he fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. And then the apostles, along with others like Paul, then wrote what we now have as the New Testament. So the apostles were biblical teachers and preachers. And the true church has always been where the scriptures are proclaimed. Again, the essentials of our faith says the church finds her visible yet imperfect expression in local congregations where the Word of God is preached in its purity. It then goes on to talk about healthy discipline and sacraments uh, and loving fellowship. 
central to the health of a church is going to be biblical teaching and preaching. Also central to the health of a church is a people who are hungry for biblical teaching and preaching. Look at church history, beloved, and you'll find that the church has always fallen on hard times any time it has neglected the Bible. And I'm concerned that, generally speaking, we live in such a time today. Stephen Lawson, in his book, Famine in the Land, writes that there's a new way of doing church that's emerged. And in this radical shift, exposition is being replaced with entertainment, preaching with performances, doctrine with drama, and theology with theatrics. We live in kind of a non-reading, experience-oriented culture, and I'm concerned and I want to urge us to be a church that builds its foundations on the teaching of Scripture. I want to urge us this year to be, a, as in every year, to be a church that focuses on believing and reading and studying and living the Scriptures. In Acts 2.42, the early church also devoted themselves to fellowship. Healthy church members are going to be committed to one another. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, and, and the biblical Greek is koine Greek, which means common Greek. And, and the word fellowship means common. It means to hold things in common. That a church is a fellowship of people who hold common beliefs and values, and concerns for one another. And that sense of commonality comes through in verse 42, where it says that all who believe were together and they had all things in common. And the application for us is not that you and I are going to go sell everything and we're going to pull all our resources and we're going to live in a commune. I don't think that's uh, what's being said here. Rather, what it says is we're going to be committed to one another. We're going to gather as the body of Christ, which, by the way, is really not optional. It's a command in Scripture. Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. A Christian participates in the life of a local church. And look, I know the church has its problems. I know the church is messed up at times because it's got messed up people like me in it. I get it. But someone seeking to be healthy, someone wanting to thrive, is going to seek after fellowship with other believers. And we're going to seek after a unity with fellow believers. Fellowship is not primarily punching cookies in the fellowship hall. It's a unity. It's a, it's a partnership, and it, it goes so deep that we gather at the table together. And it goes so deep that we pray together. It goes so deep that we support one another and respect one another. All of which leads to the next mark of the church. Acts 2.42, the early church also devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and the prayers. When you put it all together, teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper and prayers. You're talking about being devoted to corporate worship. 
A healthy church is a worshiping church. A healthy church and a healthy Christian finds great joy in coming together and worshiping. Notice in verse 43, the great awe fell upon every soul. The people revered God. Have you stopped to think about it lately, beloved? It's a privilege to come and to worship. In Jesus Christ, you and I no longer have to go to some high priest and worship through Him. We can come directly to the throne of God's grace and mercy and we can worship Him. What a joy. What an honor. And joy-filled, reverent worship is the mark of a healthy church, is the mark of a healthy Christian. One of the concerns I have for myself and for the church is that too often familiarity has led to complacency and we've lost a sense of all. And if we are awed, we're, we're awed by buildings and programs and rock star preachers. But the all we need to have is for God. You and I are called to be zealous for God's glory. Our, our text says that when all fell upon the, the early church, great things happened. It says it was, it was accompanied by wonders and signs. And we tend to see fewer wonders and signs today. Some even claim that the age of miracles have passed. But I wonder if we see less because we expect less. I wonder if we've lost our sense of all. Have we lost a sense of how mighty and majestic and awesome our God is? I pray that we will worship with greater reverence, with greater awe as we gather as the body. And notice the ESV has translated the end of verse 42 as the prayers. The definite article is very intentional there. There was a sense that they had set corporate prayers, that the early church probably prayed Jewish prayers uh, from the Psalms, and then they began to see them with new eyes as they saw Jesus in every one of the Psalms. Uh, eventually, they, what, what we know is the Lord's Prayer was probably added to worship. Perhaps the disciples recited certain prayers with the people. Uh, we don't know, but the phrase is intentional here. I think and it suggests that a healthy church is going to have a time of corporate prayer as a part of our worship. Sadly, in the church today, programs and concerts and entertainment draw large crowds, but prayer meetings draw precious few. Prayer here also is going to refer to individual prayer. A healthy church is going to be one in which its members are praying. Pastors and staff and elders and deacons are going to lead more effectively and in greater accord with God's will if we're praying. Church members are going to grow and you're going to serve in accordance with God's will if you're praying. Children and youth, you're going to grow in wisdom and you're going to learn more about God's will if you're praying. And finally, I would point out this morning that a healthy church is going to be a church that's sharing the gospel. Verse 47, the church was praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When the Holy Spirit's working in a church and the marks of the church are evident, then the natural outflow is going to be that people are going to see it. 
And we're going to have opportunities to share the gospel. And people are going to be saved. Evangelism is going to occur in the life of a healthy church and a healthy Christian. And I know some people have the gift of evangelism more than others. I get it. But all of us are called to share the gospel. And let me remind you that these marks of the church took place because the Holy Spirit came upon this church. We don't create any of these marks on our own. It takes the Holy Spirit working in us for these marks to be evident. And and evangelism definitely requires that cooperation. Evangelism occurs when the Holy Spirit convicts someone and is drawing them to Christ. And then the Holy Spirit sends someone like you and me to share the gospel with them. Later this month, and and during the month of February, we're going to teach a a technique for sharing the gospel called the three circles. But it's just that. It's a technique. Little is going to happen in the way of evangelism if we don't have some techniques, if we don't do our part. But even more importantly, little is going to happen if the Holy Spirit isn't working. So as we're studying this three circles approach in the coming weeks, I'm also going to be urging you to pray, and you can start doing that now. Pray that the Holy Spirit will work in people's lives. We're going to ask you to to pray for specific folks during that six-week training, that you make a, a personal list of folks you want to see come to the Lord. People you're, want, you're wanting to pray for and you're going to be asking during that time, Holy Spirit, I want you to turn my ordinary, everyday conversations into gospel conversations that will draw people unto Christ. A healthy church is going to consist of people who have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and they devoted their lives to Christ. The Holy Spirit's going to reign in a healthy church's ministry. And He's going to reign in the life of its members. The Word of God's going to be taught and preached. The members are going to be united in fellowship. We're going to be committed to reverent worship. That's going to include the sacraments and prayers and all the elements of worship, the singing of songs. And a healthy church is going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So i got to ask this morning, how healthy are we? Honestly, how healthy are we? How healthy is Stuart Presbyterian Church? One of the ways that you answer that for the church is to ask, if Stuart Presbyterian Church suddenly wasn't here, would the community even notice? Would there be a difference? How healthy are we? The question I'm asking myself, the question I'm trying to take an honest look at this year and How healthy are we in in these marks of the church? Let's pray together and ask the Lord to send His Spirit that this would be one of the healthiest years ever.
that the Lord would just really work in a mighty way in, the, in our lives personally and in the life of Stewart Presbyterian Church and our community. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, please forgive us when, well, well, we've made your church so many things. But in doing so, sometimes we've departed from the true marks of the church. And Lord, I just ask that you would renew our devotion unto you, that you would rekindle the fire of the Holy Spirit in each one of us, that you would rekindle the fire of the Holy Spirit in, in every church here and around the globe. Oh God, rekindle a, a hunger for your word. Rekindle a compassionate fellowship in our churches. Oh Lord, restore worship in each and every heart and in each and every church. Give us a renewed desire to pray individually and corporately. Rekindle our passion and our compassion for lost people. Stir in us and in such a way that we truly care for lost people and we care for their salvation and we care for their needs. Oh Lord, begin a new and a mighty work in your church and in each of our hearts. Oh Lord, start a fire in your church such that the gates of hell cannot prevail against your church. And Lord, start it in our lives. If you could start it in small communities around the globe in the early church, you can start something new again today. Begin in our lives. Rain down your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, we can't do this on our own. On our own, this is just like New Year's resolutions. We'll make them and we'll never keep them. We need Holy Spirit power. Pour out your Spirit upon us, Lord, that we might be healthier Christians. And healthier and a healthier church in the year ahead. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory now and forevermore. Amen. It's our time to work and to be a healthy church. Let's go out. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, let's be more fully the church of Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore.